Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Angela, what's up? Hi. Hi. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. We're all right. We started the show. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Makes no difference. It works for me. Angela's book, Awake, It's Your Turn. Zubin Nemanja, Angela DeLulo, physician, anesthesiologist, and author of this book about realization, awakening, that sort of thing. We've done many shows now. People know mm-hmm. who you are. So, dude, dude, this is the last recording I don't know when we'll release it. We may release them out of sequence, but this is the last recording of a series of two days, two and a half days. You've stayed with me here in the Bay Area and we've recorded what, seven episodes and done two live shows? Yep. So it feels like a retreat is wrapping up, right? <laughs> <laughs> like there have been times when we've been talking mm-hmm. in this whole thing where like, you'll be talking about something pointing at your direct experience in this moment. And I look into my direct experience and- it's what you're pointing at's right there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really remarkable. It's it's not, it's not it's clear in those moments, it's clear always really, <laughs> sometimes it's obscured uh, paradoxically, but that this is just how things are. Mm. And it's perfectly okay that reality is a certain, it, it, it has a, I don't even know how to say it. But when you point to it, and, and this is, and again, because it's the last one we're doing, it's kind of like, what what was, what is all this for, this idea of like, we're trying to wake up or there's this process of realization of mm-hmm. like seeing what unfiltered true reality mm-hmm. is and why we do it to try to end suffering or to just out of a movement of curiosity, a movement of ending suffering. Mm-hmm. But there is a reality there. Yeah. And you can experience it. Yeah, I, w- I would say even it's an underlying natural process that's happening, that's occurring. And all this nonsense we talk about <laughs> is maybe just helping us land softer, oh. you know, or integrating the process or understanding it a little better or getting out of its way, but it's bigger than you. And, and the more you dive into your own identity, to your own true nature and really start to inquire, let go, dig in more and more, the more you really start to feel this is not about you really, and it's definitely beyond you even though it feels very personal in a lot of ways. So there's something definitely beyond the, the, your, your limited dimension that is running this show, this the driving this bus, uh, and that becomes really obvious. And now I'm not saying it's a, an entity or a, it has a name or it's, a, or it's an, even an intelligence necessarily, but it's definitely something beyond your dimension, beyond the, the, the limited dimension of being a human in a human mind. It, it just You just know it, you feel it, it's very sublime. And that's dropping into that sublime nature of reality uh, is is very humbling. Uh, it's 
a trip. It's it's wild. It's it's uh, and it's very intimate, and it's also very natural, and it's also very familiar in a in a very strange sort of way. Not familiar like the way the mind considers familiarity. Like I understand it, I can predict it, I know what's going on, I know where I am and who I am. Not that at all. In fact, it, that's none of that's really there. But there's a different kind of familiarity. It's a it's a sort of uh, primordial familiarity mm. that is instinctual, and that's what you start coming in contact with. And the more you come in contact with, the more you realize you can trust it, that it's okay to just let that do what it does as it, as it does and let the identity structures fall away, the beliefs fall away, the fears fall away, um, and just live more and more in contact with this moment as it's playing out, as it's evolving without having to reference the past, future, distance, other people, other situations. It's all right here. Everything you need is already right here. And it's in this this flow. Everything you said is exactly the experience of that. So that on uh, that kind of base reality, it's hard to just. It it really words fail entirely. But it's it's familiar. But it's also it feels like there's a ton of conditioning in my mind that is right in the wings there, waiting to co-opt that and reassert itself mm -hmm. that has not yet kind of relaxed or been seen through or dissolved. And and it's it's fascinating because I'll experience this and it's clear. It's like, oh, when Angelo points at, oh, this is what this is like, and just look here, look mm -hmm. here, look here, then it snaps. Even maybe even when you point to, oh, and the self can sometimes just evaporate and it's just this and it's beyond. And I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. and then right in the wings are thoughts. Sure. Yeah, uh, waiting to kind of recapture. Mm -hmm. But the experience is so undeniable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thoughts aren't really a problem, but we have a we have a, a habituated distraction tendency so that we tend to get kind of lost in that thought train mm. um, here and there. At first, it might feel quite solid, like it's happening quite consistently, mm. but then we start to have sort of breaks in that in that wall of thought where we drop into this presence, or it seems like we drop into this presence, <laughs> right. but presence just becomes obvious, it comes forward. Yeah. And then the thought, and then it's kind of like half and half almost, like there's thoughts, then there's presence, thoughts, presence. At some point, you just get it, that there's really nothing more to get out of that thought, that thought world waiting in the wings. You just, you just realize there's nothing in it for you anymore. There's not, there's nothing to find there. Mm. It, it never delivers true satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And then you just deeply and and uh, um, fully inhabit presence. Mm. Uh, presence not meaning a moment in time either. Presence meaning what's here right now. Mm. That's, that's, again, it's sort of moving and staying still. It's sort of evolving and never changing. It ha it's very paradoxical, mm. but it's, it's intuitively clear when you see what is a thought and what is not a thought. And attention stops grasping onto thoughts, holding onto beliefs about the past and the future, about self and other, about problems and solutions, mm. and just feel what's actually happening now, inhabit what's happening now, and don't go back. Just remain, because what else are you gonna do? Get lost in the thought train and chase some thing you made up and then realize it's not satisfying. <laughs> Everything you've ever found is here. Everything you've ever achieved is here. It, it's always achieved here as this. It's just this. Like there, there's nothing, the thought world ultimately does not offer any solutions. It just offers promises. It offers a future that never comes. Once you see that game, you can just get off the train at mm -hmm. some point. It's just, 
it doesn't ever deliver you. The <laughs> when you said it's 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 I think you said something to the effect of it's beyond the human mind or it's it, there's an element of it that experience of presence like of I mean even the word presence <laughs> there's something incomplete or something objectifying about it but that re that experience of reality feels simultaneously beyond human like not human mm -hmm. and deeply personal mm -hmm. like personal in that this is the only thing happening at all mm -hmm. um you so, don't feel left out of it right yeah where would you go to be left That's I mean, right. you're left out of what mm -hmm. it's just this mm -hmm. and it's so striking mm -hmm. uh in a way that i think that the human aspect of that thought process just recoils mm -hmm. um it doesn't have anything to push against. It doesn't have anything to grasp, mm -hmm. and it, it, you know, it, it's really quite striking. Mm -hmm. And that's just my—that's my touching into that experience from my side. I think for people who are watching, right, it, it's kind of—they're all on different spectrums of what they're interested in and where they are on this whatever non-process. But all I can say is, you know, I, I've known you since what last. April, like a year, less than a year ago. And the more the more you point at what's just here, mm -hmm. and there's no, there's no, it's not spirituality. It's not, and people are saying, oh, wait, are, are, is this rational? Is this science? Is it, what is it? It's just this, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just what this is. Mm -hmm. All I can say is like, the more I look right here, the more it becomes, it clarifies. Mm -hmm. So, where then is the role? Like, what is technique? What is like practice? What is how 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 does that paradox kind of settle? Well, at some point, it sort of hit me that it doesn't even make sense to talk about practice per se, because if something is practice, what's not practice? <laughs> See, because it's all it's spirituality or awakening or that interest or that movement in life or whatever you want to call it. At first, it appears to be part of your life. Like you think you're still in the driver's seat and you're managing and, and this is part of my life I'm managing and I do it when I have time or I do it to relax or I do it here. But then I do other things that aren't that. That's how that's how the ego perceives it. The ego like is a very divided experience. So it, it really, divides life true. up into this and that and it thinks it's the managing them. Meditation At some point, and not meditation. You realize right. it's really not like that. What you've been calling spirituality or awakening or whatever is is underlying the whole thing, even the ability to experience in the most fundamental way. It's that's what's actually underlying all of it anyway. So then you realize all of this really is about life. All of this is about the the journey inward or it, what else is it about? If it's not about that, it's about thoughts. And again, at some point you lose interest in that that world. It's kind of a dead world, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it feels very dynamic and alive sometimes mm. when you believe in the seeking, but it's a world of seeking. Yeah, the mind will, will make up something to seek or it'll even find something that other people seek and it'll go, oh, I could seek that because it works. And then it'll seek it and it'll tell you, oh, you can get that at some point, right? And then if you do get it, it'll go, oh, well, that's not what you really wanted. Here, what you want is this. <laughs> and then you'll seek that. But what, what, what the seeking is actually doing, it's not actually manifesting things in your life and so forth. What the seeking is doing is keeping you in your head. Mm. It's pulling attention back up into the thoughts again and again and again, and essentially out of the, the sense gates. Mm. And the more you let that reverse and you drop back down into this, the sense gates, which is the, the sense of just being alive, then you are in contact with unfiltered reality. And that is the most compelling thing you'll ever come in contact with 
because it's not you coming in contact with anything. The sense of you and the sense of everything is completely intermixed. So why, why would you, what is there to chase in a mental way when you have access to, to unfiltered reality? It's everything you would ever, it's everything you could ever want. I, how you're pointing to that is my own experience of that is yes. Yes and yes. I mean, beyond yes, that's exactly right. So, you know, what's interesting, I think that might be, that might help clarify for me is the senses, right? So, you know, sight, sound, taste, touch sensation, and um, smell, the big five, and then thought, I guess, would be the sixth consciousness. But those gates are invariably the five of them are what's happening right now. They're like our window into reality. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can help me investigate a few of those. Like how would you explore say, I mean, we could start maybe sound mm -hmm. because sound is so interesting. When you really investigate, inquire into what is sound, mm -hmm. ask the question, even in, silently in your head and listen to the next sound that arises or move your attention into the sound field. Mm -hmm. Something pretty interesting clarifies. Yeah, I should say something about the sense gates and the term gates is pretty good because what, what we're interested in ultimately and what I'm pointing to is not the gates themselves, they're gates. They're the doorways through which you can experience unfiltered reality. So the fact that your body can construct a sense that interprets reality a certain way is fine, but that's that's very transient. But unfiltered reality is not transient. Does that make sense? Wait, wait. It's the gate through which you experience unfiltered reality. Not you, but ultimately unfiltered reality experiences itself, but the sense gates are gates. So the senses aren't the, the be all end all, but those, those end up being the gates. But you have to actually turn your attention away from the hypnotic world of the mind and thought before you start to even investigate the sense gates. Once you do that and those gates start to open, that's when you start to experience reality as it actually is. Okay, okay, so. Which is non-dualistic, first of all. There's no there's no subject object to it. There's no distance, there's no boundaries to, to anything. So let me, okay, so this is really, so as a gate, sound. Mm -hmm. We'll start, maybe we'll start with sound, unless you think sight is better. No, sound's fine. Okay, so as a gate, if I'm understanding, and I may not be, it is a, is a gate acting as a filter? Like, is it no. a distortion? No, no, the mind is the filter. Okay. And and the only way for that filter to actually be operating is to have your attention on the mind. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. Our uh, monitor turned off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, with sound, when you mentioned, you could ask, what is sound, right? And contemplate it. But I just want to point out that many people's minds will immediately say, well, I know what sound is. Of course, it's sound, it's compressional waves propagating through the air and it affects, it hits my tympanic membrane and blah, 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 right? Turns into a neurologic thing. And then you might even know that the temporal lobe of your brain is gonna interpret it into blah, 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 right? Thought and concept. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. That's that's not, that's fine. That's that's not, that's that's knowledge and that's fine. And it's it's accurate knowledge based on science. That's fine. That's That's great. That's not what we're talking about. When we say, what is sound? I mean, what is sound when you don't think about it? Because that's you thinking, that's not sound. That's <laughs> not your experience of sound, that's your experience of thought. So let's go back and experience sound directly. 
I just want to be really clear that that's what we're talking about. And that's why this this st stuff we're talking about, as simple as it sounds, to take up an investigation of the senses, often really doesn't get taken up in earnest till after awakening, just uh, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, And it yeah. seems weird to say, well, people before awakening can't really hear or see. It's it's not like that. You're hearing and seeing, yes. But to, to be able to put your attention fully into one sense and just literally keep it there without reflecting back into thought within a couple of seconds is very, very difficult before awakening. It's even difficult for a while after awakening. Right. But then you can start to concentrate your practice. Now, if you haven't had an awakening, you can still do this. Just know it, it could be frustrating or you could find that you end up in thought very quickly and then you might wanna work more on self-inquiry for the awakening part of things, that, that initial shift in consciousness. Because when you have that shift in consciousness, consciousness tends to calm down a lot. Mm. It doesn't seem to pull you in such a polarized way up into the mind. So then your attention can drift more naturally back into the senses. Mm. So that's why th this tends to come a little later when you start investigating the non-dual aspect. So mm. that's what we're doing. But we're investigating sound directly. We're, we're investigating the experience of it directly, not any explanation of it. And the tendency to explain it is very, very strong at first. Or the tendency to reflect on how you're doing. Oh, I'm listening to sound. Oh, this is cool. I'm, oh, I'm already, thought, I'm already thought, thinking. Thought, thought. I'm already thinking because I'm thinking yeah. of how cool it is to listen to sound, right? Yeah. Things like that. So you have to be sort of vigilant to notice when you turn your attention to sound, which anyone can do instantly. Any, everyone right now, if they want to, listening to this, could suddenly turn your attention to all the sounds in the room. It's that easy. Yeah? You can do it for a second. You might be able to do it for two seconds. Just stay there. Just listen as long as you can without reflecting back into the thought of the listener or analysis. You can even do it while you're listening to my voice. You can still have your attention in the sound. That's how you start to investigate sound. Now, again, the tendency to go, well, what is it? And then start describing how you're seeing it directly now or feeling it directly or hearing it directly right now is, is gonna be strong. So notice that's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for descriptions. We're just investigating the nature of sound directly right now as it is, just hearing. And that's it. It's really, really, really simple. So that's how we, in a sense, open the sound gate or we attune to the sound gate and just spend some time there. You can move your attention purposely to one sound like one sound across the room or a certain specific sound or the loudest sound. And then you can sort of dilate it out to all of the sounds in the room. Try to just take it all in. You might notice a sound really close to your ears that's like a hum, a buzz. Some people have it all the time, it's called tinnitus. And from what I understand, neurologists actually that study this kind of thing, tinnitus, believe it's actually always there. It's just that we have an inhibitory neural pathway that filters it out so it doesn't bug us. So when people are hearing tinnitus, they're hearing what all of our ears actually, the, the, the neurons in the ear actually make that sound constantly and the brain filters it out. Mm. So you're just hearing it without the filter. Now, as you do this kind of investigation, this sort of direct sound meditation, let's say, or direct sound inquiry, you'll start to hear it. Some people call it the nada sound, mm. which doesn't need a word, but it's just, it's just a hum or a, a pitch in the ears. And once you start to notice it and the, the filtering of it stops, you'll notice it's pretty loud usually. So often it's as loud as the ambient sounds in the room. And you just, you just keep attuning to this. You just keep listening to it. And you can do this as a practice. You can just sit on the couch, eyes open or closed, and just uh, turn your attention to sound. But be vigilant and alert enough to notice when thoughts start again. And then return your attention to sound. 
wash, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. It's really that easy. So this practice involves a certain degree of concentration or mindfulness in the sense that you do have to be vigilant that you aren't going back into thought because it's very easy, for example, in that practice to hear that buzz. Because when I do it, I, I drop in the sound gate and that tinnitus, that buzz starts kicking in and it gets louder and louder and louder until it's a vibration. And then I can notice the mind starts to label it. Oh, that's tinnitus. Oh, I wonder if that's from concerts when I was young. And it started, oh, wait, 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 come back. To the sound itself, just sound, just sound. And it takes some, it's, I don't know if it's practice or if it's a, a mindfulness, a, um, a kind of a concentration to notice to be aware that you have dropped into thought because the thought itself can be quite subtle if you're not used to, th- to looking for thought. Mm-hmm. But that investigation of the sound itself, so that's what we're talking about when you say, when, we're, when, when I say sense gate, yeah? So that, that, mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. And it's very good to clarify like you did because any, someone who's listening to this might be like, oh yeah, I, I listen all the time. You know, that's, that's easy. But you're not, are you really listening? how much of that is filtered through thought, mm-hmm. almost all of it actually. One interesting, th- fun thing that I used to do is see how long it, it would take, kind of perceptually, not kind of thinking about time so much, but just the sense of before a thought labeled something that mm-hmm. I was listening to, and it's not long. It's not long, yeah. it, it doesn't take long at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not long. Yeah, when, when you can sustain attention in thought, in thought, in sound, when you can sustain attention in sound, or in the visual field, or in sensation, for 30 seconds or 60 seconds, that's a very, very profound experience of presence. It's yeah. not subtle. Yeah. You'll, you'll know something definitely more, a very uncommon experience is happening yeah. if you can really put your attention there yeah. without any thought reflecting. And it's, again, it's, it's sneaky. Thoughts really slip in very quickly. In so many ways, it seems like that, we talked about practice and non-practice and this, that, but that's a powerful practice because mm-hmm. It does many things. You recognize, you learn to recognize thought. You learn to experience raw uh, sensory experience. Mm-hmm. And there's another s- sort of step, right? Where the listening to the sound has a very subtle component of thought. It It doesn't feel like thought, but it is thought stuff, which is the sense that there's a listener. Yeah, and yeah. What, what that is, is there's a very gross um, uh, uh, way of thinking about this, like hearing and then reflecting on the hearing and starting to literally cognitively think about what, what you're hearing, et cetera, like almost like internal dialogue. Um, and then there's a much more fine or subtle layer of uh, reflection and consciousness mm. where you don't realize, but you're actually here. It's, it's as if... I'll make an analogy. The analogy is you're hearing a tone that keeps beeping and it's like, say it's coming from that side of the room or something and it beeps every 10 seconds and you just know it's there. It's always there, right? That tone's always beeping, beep, beep, beep. Um, And you, to make this analogy clear, it's like as if you walk over towards that tone and and it's beeping and and you're kind of looking at the wall where it seems to be originating or, you know, and it's like, oh, it seems to be coming right out of there and you just hear it beeping towards you. What you don't realize it's bouncing off the wall and it's actually coming from behind you. When you turn around and you go right to the source of it, it's it's much different. It's much more clear, much more um, intimate. Mm. That's what this is because 
you can still experience sound with a with again that subtle layer of thought that's like something like the pers- the sense of being a perceiver right the sense of being awareness behind, aware of behind the ears yeah, yeah. something like that <laughs> yeah. yeah well there, there could even be a visual image like that where sure. it's like you're literally picturing part of your head as the hearing or something right the cochlea yeah the cochlea right <laughs> yeah. um, i'm just nothing but a cochlea me too um <laughs> but yeah so you could have a visual image like a non-conceptual thought that's kind of vague or it can be very distinct like you're picturing an ear or something yeah um, but, but even more subtle than that is, is this sense of there being perception or there being awareness of, mm. or there being, um, a, a hearer, mm. like th- there's hearing, but it seems like there, there must be a hearer to have hearing. And it's just this very subtle reflection of consciousness mm. and that can also go away. And then, then it's like, it's like the whole environment is hearing mm. or the whole hearing is just radiating through everything. Everything is made out of hearing. There's yeah. no good way to talk about this. Hearing, it, hearing we, itself. But yeah. when you experience, this is why experience is so important. You can't analyze your way into this. You have to experience your way into it. And when you experience your way into the whole environment doing hearing, it's just, there's nothing but hearing. It's nothing but sound. Sound is hearing. And it's very different than having a hearer hearing. Mm. It's different it's, it's different than thinking about hearing, of course. That's another like step away from it. Mm. And the, the, there's, there is a really cool koan about this. It's what is the sound of one hand? Hmm. Yeah. What is the sound of one hand? It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful koan. Um, and the layperson's version of it is what is the sound of one hand clapping? But that's not actually the koan. The koan is what is the sound of one hand? And it's a beautiful koan. It points to this in a, in a sort of Zen way. But um, when you really hear a sound for the first time, and you can actually hear a sound for the first time. I've met people who had a, a, an awakening or a very deep awakening, and they said, that's the first time I've ever actually felt my hand run through my hair when I was washing my hair. Yeah, all the years I've been alive, I didn't, I never actually felt that. Or I've never actually heard the sound of a bird until just now. When you actually hear it, when you really hear it for the first time, it's very different. It, it, different is not the right word because... It is different than the usual way of perceiving, but what you realize is you've been perceiving. It's almost like you've been perceiving through a veil, or veil. Through, a, through a barrier, colored it, like it's muffled. Filters. It's like a muffled experience of it, and it's a distanced experience of it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa! There's no distance anywhere. The moment you hear that sound, you realize that that shows you how there's no distance. That shows you what non-duality is. There's no distance. No, nothing is separate. There's no boundaries anywhere. There's no divisions of anything from anything else. So one sound is also one taste, is one sensation, is one movement, is one thought, is, right? Eckhart Tolle, in his um, intro to Power of Now, talks about his awakening experience and how there was a bird, uh, I think chirping or making some sound, and it was just that, mm-hmm. like, and it was everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and that, that points quite directly at it. Mm-hmm. So th- this, this particular investigation, maybe even pre-awakening, is it worth? Oh, sure. To, yeah, because if, if if you find it frustrating, uh, and or you just find yourself confused and thinking about things too much and wondering, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Then I'll often point someone to a more one pointed approach, like mm-hmm. self inquiry. Mm-hmm. You know, who am I? Mm-hmm. Where am I? Where's the sense of I? Can I find it? What what is it that that I feel like I am? That's aware of thoughts. Like find it, rest there. It's because it can be a very simple and singular practice, but it's also a uh, consciousness-based practice. When attention's in consciousness all the time, then you then you can sort out that first big, you know, uh, dualistic ex- dualistic construct 
first. And once that happens, it's easier to start to experience this out here. The dualistic- In, its, in, its, in, in how it actually is. The dualistic construct of consciousness and object. We talked about this, yeah, earlier mm -hmm. in one of the shows. I don't, mm -hmm. we, we can maybe tag it or something, but mm -hmm. it's, yeah, the, the, the standing way, the dualistic That's construct right. of the thinker and the thoughts. That's right. The me and the world, the mm -hmm. self and the other. The, Subject in, in a In a cognitive way. Right. When that collapses, it feels like pure consciousness, pure right. being. It doesn't feel like it, it is. You experience pure being, and it's really quite wonderful. It's very, very warm, very light, very um, homogenous, I, I suppose, mm. experientially, and um, and it feels like a pure sense of I. Mm. So once that occurs, it's easier to get into these really subtle distinctions between what an actual sound is and what a sound is filtered through consciousness. Mm. Hey, sorry to interrupt this episode, it's Dr. Z. Just a quick pitch here. If you can just leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, it helps us a lot. I also wanna hear what you think about this episode when you're done listening. Hello at zdogmd.com. It's the best way for me to hear your voice because the emails come right to me and we don't have a comment section on most podcast platforms. Maybe Spotify has one, but nobody else does. So it really gets your voice involved on episodes, especially that don't have a video. And the third thing is if you wanna be a part of this community and support the show, join our supporter tribe, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. You can join on YouTube, Locals, Facebook, Instagram. You get live videos with me where we're talking about these things in depth, uncensored, and your comments are fully incorporated as in real time. And then we do these Zoom meetings where it's really like a beautiful community where we share our experiences on the awakening journeyless journey. How are we gonna transform ourselves so we can transform healthcare and education and government? Because those systems are epiphenomena of us. Until we wake up, those systems will stay asleep. They'll, they're just an expression of our own delusion. So being a part of that, it supports this message so others can hear it. And it also allows for our own collective growth. So we need each other in that way. It's really, really, really tightly interwoven and interdependent. That's it. Back to your regular schedule, regularly scheduled show. And the sight gate. Well, that one's really fun. Hmm. <laughs> so the visual field is is uh, a little more challenging for people typically, probably because our brain spends a lot of its energy and time processing the sense of, ha uh, well, vision, first of all, uh, the, the sense of vision. And there are a lot of connections going between the thalamus and the um, occipital lobe in both directions, actually. So it's, it's feeding in both directions. So the, 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 the vision is actually being constructed in like a multidimensional way, right? So, and we have a, a sense of the, the, the three-dimensional world that's constructed in other parts of our brain simultaneously. So a lot of our brain processing is there to create a three-dimensional, a perception of a three-dimensional world and make a visual overlay over it that makes sense and coordinates it with proprioception and the other senses. Mm -hmm. So I think because so much processing is going into that, the visual field often is the key to to the the very clear uh, sense of non-duality, the mm. shift into non-duality. And it's a it's a surprisingly simple thing to do once you get it, but it can be really challenging for a while. And it's as simple as this. You look out at what's in front of you, okay? Now, just recognize to yourself that what you see in front of you may not be what you actually see, it's, it's what you think you see. And we know this, right, because of 
you know, Donald Hoffman and the, yeah. all this work on consciousness and seeing that consciousness is a complex thing that constructs a world that looks a certain way that help gives us advantage to find what our resources we need, all that stuff, right? So it's it's a constructed world. And the, the retina, the input of the retina isn't that out there. It's not nearly that clear. Mm-hmm. Like the, the mind actually puts a lot of contrast in. It, it makes lines look in certain ways so that we have ability to see depth perception and all that. It, it, it adds a lot. So in the sound field, you could say there's a lot that's subtracted, actually. The, mm-hmm. the brain subtracts out the baseline hum, right, the, the tinnitus. Tinnitus. And it, it, just, it takes out sort of distracting sounds and stuff often. Um, puts them in the background unless we think they're dangerous or something like that. The visual field actually adds a lot into our experience. It adds solidity that's not there. It adds <laughs> contrast that's not there, right? Mm-hmm. And it adds uh, especially contrast between colors and contrast between light. And it makes things look more solid, more dimensional, and so forth. So when you know that, you can kind of just remind yourself that what I'm actually seeing in front of my eyes isn't what I think I'm seeing. And then it's almost as if you start to look through. <laughs> I, I don't know how to say this because it's not necessarily on the other side of what you see. At first, it can kind of start to look two-dimensional because you realize that the, even the dimension and so forth is, is overlaid with the mind or it's, it's an overlay created by the mind. It's a post-processing thing, right? That the sense of that's farther than this. But if you if you if you look just at the visual field itself, you actually have no evidence that anything's farther than anything else, from the visual sense itself. Mm. All you see is colors, forms, and shapes and lines. So it's actually rather two-dimensional from that standpoint. It's like it's a screen of color, shapes, and forms. Does that make sense? Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it requires processing to make it look dimensional, and you can actually get behind that layer of processing. Once, once you do that, once you do that, it, it gets much easier to, it's almost as if you're looking through it, but you're looking right at it, but you're looking at it without referencing back to the mind. So you're looking at it without adding anything. And I can't tell you how it changes, but it changes. It just, it's, it's as if you're, um, it's as if you're looking at two things at the same time. One of them looks like the thought constructed world, and one of them looks nothing like it. <laughs> it's it looks sort of indeterminate. So again, this is very subtle stuff I'm talking about, and this is usually stuff I work on with somebody who's deeper in realization. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it does work for sure. When when the time comes, this can make a very very tremendous shift. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Alma recently told me, and she's had a very big shift in the last few months. She really changed everything. She's had many big shifts, but. Uh, I actually asked her at my house. I said, what was, what did you notice? What did you notice? Cause I noticed it talking to her and she said, it was something you said about the visual field. Hmm. And then we sat there and talked about it and it is, it's a very subtle thing, but it makes all the difference. Um, and it says, if you're just looking into eternity all the time, you know, to put it, put a, uh, more spiritual spin on it, I would say it's like, you're looking into the face of God all the time, no matter what you think you're looking at, but it's not, a, God isn't a person in this way. It's, it's you're looking directly into infinity and you actually and you know you are it's very it's very odd <laughs> and but you, you don't you don't not notice the particular so i also know i'm looking at zubin yeah but i also know what i'm really looking at just like when i look over here i'm all i also know what i'm really looking at and that's not any different than that there's a sameness oh totally it's one taste one taste mm-hmm. one substanceless substance and it permeates everything but it's not, it's not at a distance even. It's not, it's not out there, but then it's also not in here. So it gets really strange with that, but that's kind of the next step. 
goes it goes beyond this. <laughs> and this is all experiential. Mm-hmm. This, that's the point. You have to. Yeah, it's it's actually not. You know, I, I I'm sure some people listening to this or have already turned it off. Sure. Would be thinking. This is the weirdest shit I've ever heard. How is this possible? Are they making it up? Drugs. I, I totally. Is there drugs, drugs involved? Drugs involved. Right. Like you, you think like it's so crazy, but the, here's the weird thing about it: the mind would think this is really complicated. What we're talking about, or really, I don't know, Uber something, or often space, or would require <clears throat> extraordinary circumstances to experience. That's actually all wrong. What we're talking about is really, really simple, hmm. but it's so simple that the the com the complexifying tendency of the mind has to just really be in the background for long enough to see it. Mm. And then it just, it really just starts to like percolate into, into reality and it becomes very obvious. So it's, what we're talking about is actually quite simple, but it's subtle. It's the key is in the subtlety of it. Learning to attune to subtlety and recognize subtlety in everything, in your senses, in your emotions, in the movement of thought in consciousness, in the sense, in all of it. Then when you start to attune to subtlety, you'll start to pick this up more and more. And you'll see it's also in the complexity. It doesn't come and go. It's not there sometimes or anything like that. It's it's there all the time. It's here all the time. You're looking right at it all the time. It, it's like an attuning to a deeper and deeper and deeper, finer grained look. It's like taking a microscope and just cranking the focus down and down and down and you see more and more. Yeah. And it's it, increasingly fine and almost then transparent. Yeah, it is. It is like that. It, it is a lot like that. And then when you get to a certain level uh, of um, of refinement, you could say, then it's like, I, I, this isn't necessarily physics-based, but it's as if once you get to a certain level of refinement in what you're experiencing, then there's almost like the substance of time and space is there, and you go even beyond that. And, mm. and then, it's, then it's really strange because you know you're like conventionally speaking looking across the room but in in actual experience it's not like that there's no across the room anymore there's no across anything there's no in front or behind or above or below inside or outside and it, it's and that's also not mystical it's very obvious it's obvious mm-hmm. yeah there's no mystical that that word doesn't even really make sense mystical this. experiences are what you have when you're in the altered state of consciousness called mind identification. <laughs> and you suddenly taste unfiltered reality just a little bit. And, and you're, you're like, like, whoa, that's oh, a mystical experience. Filtered through the mind. Mm-hmm. To the mind, it's a mystical the, experience. So in, in many ways, what Hoffman talks about with, um, there's a reality out there, mm-hmm. right? But we are constructing our conventional experience of that reality. And so what you're pointing at is possibly, uh, just another way to look at it conceptually or philosophically would be you're seeing Hoffman's source reality closer and closer and closer and more unfiltered and more. Yeah. You can see it without that filter. Right. You definitely can. Without the processing. I can't tell you how to logically know that. Right. In fact, I don't think you can logically, I don't think logically it's possible to even come up with a model for that. You have to experience it directly. Yeah. It's a direct. And then it's like, okay, it's so obvious. And and you know, Hoffman spends many hours a day meditating. Yeah. I've heard. That's awesome. Good for him. It's really, um, you have to throw I, all of your your beliefs out the window, though. Every, all of the expectations about knowledge, all the expectations about what's real and what's not real, about yourself, specifically about yourself. All that has to go out the window before you start to really come in contact with this that we're talking about, truly unfiltered. And that... The unconditioned, unconditioned by mind. There was a part in your book um, where 
this really hit home for me, this idea of you have to throw that stuff out the window. And it was the section on just stopping, which we talked about in our very first series of interviews. I, I can't easily find it, but he basically said, listen, at some point you just go, just gotta stop. stop. You stop, stop projecting in the future, stop remembering a past, stop jumping into the thought train, stop pretending, stop faking it. Because sometimes the mind will actually say, oh, so this is, Oh, so this is a good meditation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Stop stop trying to chase stop chasing thoughts down, stop trying to reject thoughts, stop trying to be somebody, stop trying to not be somebody. You just stop. The reality's here. Stop trying to wake up. <laughs> just stop. Stop it, it, I I don't know how else to say it, but it's a very much a stopping of the the mind can come to a complete standstill and reality doesn't disappear. In fact, reality becomes far more clear. And it's not a you that's stopping, it's just stopping. Mm -hmm. Stopping right. just stops. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you know, I don't know. If you, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. You're, <laughs> I'm sure that there are people watching just going, Gomo? And Say what? the what? And then there are people watching going, yeah, that's how it is. Because it is experience, it, you have to experience it. And, and the, then the, obvious mind question will be why do i have to experience it you don't have to do anything <laughs> right but we've done plenty of shows on yeah. what the benefit or why would we want to do this well because we suffer through mind identification through mm -hmm. the friction of those filters yeah and the other thing that i will say just from my touching into it whenever i have which is just now <laughs> is there's a it, it's it's indescribable okayness and beauty it, it, even beauty doesn't <laughs> I mean, how do you put a word it it's it's just right mm -hmm. and to really be that to just again the words fail but it's beyond it's not relief is not the right word it's not a human thing mm -hmm. and yet Strangely, it it's allows a, you to to inhabit humanity in a way you couldn't couldn't before. That's for some right. Reason. Yeah, that's right. Unapologetically, unabot authentically, authentically, like yeah. just open. Mm -hmm. Which means all the other things we did in all the other shows, the emotion work. Mm -hmm. If you're ignoring the one of the biggest aspects of being human, which is this energy patterns we call emotion, mm -hmm. and then the stories of thought we tell about the emotion, you're not. It's very hard mm -hmm. to unwind all that conditioning of being here. Yeah. And I will say that the path, this path, this this investigation often starts with uh, wanting to end your suffering, wanting mm. wanting to get under suffering. And general, I would say it pretty much always does to some degree. Um, but it, uh, after a time, it's not so much about that anymore because it doesn't, you know, you, you really can start to get under your suffering with, with a little bit of work. It becomes something more about like um, the enjoyment of being itself, mm -hmm. just just being pure being, um, uh, presence. And then as it goes even deeper, it, it becomes, it's so hard to talk about, but it's, it becomes about itself. <clears throat> um, mm. it's a, like a sort of living truth or, a um, the unconditioned itself. It becomes about that, the mm. unconditioned mm. and the, it's the unconditioned. I, I don't even want to say be knowing the unconditioned cause it doesn't need to even know anything. It's so primary, but it's about the unconditioned being the unconditioned. Mm. And that's what everything's about. And it, it's just a, it's very natural. It's it's simple. It makes, 
It makes its own kind of sense, but it's only in direct experience. And that's what just carries itself on mm. inward, outward, forward, up, down. <laughs> yeah. And nothing can really be said about that. You can talk about unborn and unmanifest and mm -hmm. unconditioned, but it, it's experienced. Mm -hmm. And even that is saying, even that's a little tough to say. Yeah. It's not really experience. It's that's really right. ex without experience. It's without it's, experience. It's experienceless, which, which again, the mind would say, well, that means it's nothing like some blank space. It's not a blank space. Mm -mm. It's just not. <laughs> All I can tell you was what it's not really. <laughs> it's not, but mo primarily and most importantly, it's not conditioned by the mind. Right. Yeah. Uh, you and I were talking after retreat about, you'd sent me a video of a guy uh, who had been in prison for a long time. He was a, a, like a hustler and had an awakening, mm -hmm. saw Gangaji had yeah. an awakening. And he said something that I think stuck with me that I'd mentioned to you that he said, you can look in your experience at a lot of experience stuff, like thoughts, sensations, different things. And each of those you can let go of. Mm -hmm. They're transient, they're releasable, they're, you can't hold them, you can't, even if you wanted to not let them go, they're gonna they're gonna mm -hmm. go. But there's something in experience that's not a thing that you can never let go of. Mm -hmm. That's something that cannot that is not caused by anything. You you had said this uncaused, mm -hmm. and it's there, and you can't let go of it. Look there. Yeah, yeah. That's Kenny Johnson, I think. Kenny Johnson. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man. All right. I think we. Uh, I don't know what we just did, but we did it up. It was good for me. <laughs> uh, read the book or don't. Um, check out your YouTube channel, Simply Always Awake, or don't. Be really, this is the most important thing in your life, or it's not. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. But for those that it feel like it does matter, this is... Very helpful, Angela. Yeah, it's worth the tuning to. If, if it's something you're interested in, dig in. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for spending, donating all this time and energy and passion to this thing. Like you really, I mean, people, if judging by the messages and the comments that I get, it's like, I mean, people just, everybody around you just kind of just goes, uh? and wakes up, which is not everybody, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a there's been a good number though. Good number, yeah. But I mean, you're you're definitely part of it for sure. The this format's working, so yeah, I appreciate the time to sit and chat about this and promote the book and all. So all right, dude, let's yeah. go from uh, from manifest to unmanifest. All right, we're on manifest. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we put the man in manifest. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm from Manitoba. You may have heard of it. <laughs> Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, 
Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st- really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.